0: Welcome to Catching Foxes. Hey, wah,
1: wah, wah.
0: It's all sad. It's all sad. How you doing, homie? I'm great. How are you, warrior poet? Oh, that's true. That's true, man. These shirts are so damn comfortable. It looks comfortable. Best t-shirts on the market right here. I bought two of the exact same kind. Do you know what's another good t-shirt
1: to buy? Oh, tell us, Luke. Uh, one from CatchingFoxes.fm. So if you go to catchingfoxes.fm, which is taking me a little bit longer than I would like, you can find tons of shirts such as one, a beautiful one with a fox on it and one with a pudding cup.
0: That's catchingfoxes.fm slash merch.
1: Oh, sorry. Yep. Kenny to get right there. I mean, you could click a button, but yeah. God forbid. Yeah. God forbid. And there's, you got, we got coffee mugs. We've got water bottles. We've got t-shirts. We've got women's premium t-shirt. Gotta love that. Uh, yeah. So I do, I do. head over gets, if you're a big, I'm a fan of the show. Tell, tell other people that you likes things that are better than most things. <laughs> I like things that
0: are better than most
1: things. Do you know where I should go? Yes, catchingfoxes.fm/slash yes, merch. Once again, yes. that's catchingfoxes.fm/slash merch. Thank you to, to catching foxes for <laughs> existing.
0: <laughs> and of course, that'll be in the show notes as I'm adding it right there. Spread shop. It's cool merch. I mean, we can get a water bottle. You can get a T-shirt. You can get a coffee mug. You Get one of those ladies' shirts that tailored for the boobies. That's great. Uh, how are you, my friend? Doing well, doing well. My uh, my jobby job got nuts. I did a theology of the body week, heard of it, and it was uh, it was exhausting. I've never studied harder for a thing since grad comp, you know, comp tests in grad mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. Good Lord, it was exhausting. Um, but it was good. Everything went well. Um, we had a lot of, you know, we had about between 65 to 80 people showing up every day for nice. four days in a row to listen to me for an hour and a half to two hours, however much I felt like talking. And then the last day was all on the evolution of feminism and gender theory Heard and of it? Uh, the rise of transgender activism. Hmm. And uh, and I, I'm so happy. I interviewed Abigail Favale because I just stole everything from that interview <laughs> and from her book. I, I listened to. Uh,
1: it, it'd be funny if, if uh, you just gone. Here's what I read from my research, and then you did like a mental reservation of her name. It just you know stole all of her <laughs> her hard work. <laughs>
0: sure, oh no! That's... I name dropped her a hundred thousand times. In fact, Good. we're going to do a conference out here at my parish um, in the in April, 2023, and I'm like, fine,
1: I'll come. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Mm.
0: i have nothing to offer
1: here besides my love
0: (laughs) he's bringing love break his leg so he doesn't get away (laughs) (laughs) but no i recommended dr abigail a whole bunch so maybe she can come out
1: it'd be awesome like that my brain wants to stop go get the link so we can have it in the show notes which actually creates more work for you in terms of editing so i'm not going to do that and i'll just try to remember that's awesome um, did you put this, so we're doing a cool thing where we, we record on a platform called Riverside, uh, and yeah. we're actually able to broadcast lives. So we're putting that link into our patron, our Patreon page. When we remember that for all of our patrons on there.
0: And now let's take a moment to talk to our friends over at better Help. Life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include fatigue, lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped detachment and more. Now let's be honest, many of us have been there, especially in the last two years. So what we need to do is recognize that maybe, just maybe, our lack of motivation isn't because we aren't getting enough cardio. <laughs> it might be because we are, in fact, burned out. We often associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. Any of our roles in life can lead us to feeling burned out. And Help, H-E-L-P, online therapy, wants to remind you to prioritize your own mental and emotional health. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. If this is you, if you feel trapped in your life in any way, I would wholeheartedly recommend you getting personal counseling. Therapy can help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Catching Foxes listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash foxes. Thanks to our friends over at BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, I was working on a document from a church. It had taken me dozens of hours. I thought it was saved in a smart location. And turns out it's uh, saved in an online backup in a type of service that if you're not connected to the Internet... Uh, just doesn't even attempt to save it anywhere. And then I lost all these hours worth of work. All these hours worth of work. It was one of those things where I finally finished it. And I was like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's like, oh, I just lost four hours worth of work. But it's so fresh on my mind that now I get, a, you know, like another crack at it. And it's, yeah. But it was annoying. Anywho. So. That's when I get mad. I'm like, Bill Gates, damn you, Bill Gates. <laughs> Your office 365 is alive." And-
1: yeah. Why are you trying to, to control the population? little? I thought you just were a nerd trying to make computers.
0: Elita, <laughs> since the 1880s, I've been trying to control the population. Thank you, Rockefellers. Let me tell you, man. Where does this end? Let me tell you, man. I, while I was mowing the lawn today, um, I got this book called, oh, what is it called? The Sexual State. This lady runs the... the How casual of you. I know. Uh, this lady runs... <laughs> I hate you so much. This lady runs the uh the Ruth <laughs> Institute. She was on Matt Frad's show. Um, and I was listening to it, and she just goes through like the money and the politics behind um the kind of like the modern the modern version of the eugenics movement and all that stuff and you know, contraception, divorce, you know, all these things. And she's like, you, you can tie it to a handful of major players, and the major one being the Rockefellers. I mean, there's a bunch of people, but like for statewide uh or nationwide acceptance of contraception that was like a pure rockefeller family effort and it's funny it's like yes we need to get the poor people sterilized we need to do this for humanity's sake and by for humanity means for Man, remember us. when i
1: read that biography on him and i talked about how great he was yeah. now i'm feeling bad was it on rockefeller yeah no. on uh the original one yeah john so i don't remember any of that being in there so that may not have been him but it may have been i really don't remember i mean i know that they were very so there's this um i mean this is like pure modernity right so it's just like let's just form the world that we want yeah. we have the tools we have the tools we yeah. have the talent <laughs> and that's a deep cut there uh and uh so deep i don't even know it it's from ghostbusters oh. after they think that they um, um we have the tools we have the yeah." It's, <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, there's like a bunch of listeners who are like, oh, Luke, you are wonderful. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, he. And they really were like they approached all of um, their philanthropic efforts with this. I mean, it was what they viewed as what they were doing is like. um, I don't know, Divinely inspired is, is yeah. the right. They I mean, being, I'm talking about John D here. Like it was the Lord's work that he mm-hmm. was doing. Mm-hmm. And it was the Lord's work because it was his work. <laughs> you know, and that, and, and well, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that he, like, that he um, viewed himself as God, no, but no, as no. in like yeah. the work he saw him doing was for this sort of like, I, I hate to even say like warped view of God, but just kind of this very, you know, in like, uh, like a uh, uh, maternal enlightenment infused idea of God, yeah. where it's like how hard I work, like the, the proportion, like the, the, um, there's a direct it's it's very kind of joel olstein but it's like on steroids Mm -hmm. where it's like the proportion of like the wealth that i receive is like is there's a proportion to like how much effort and work i put into this and how much like god is actually like yes you are the chosen Mm -hmm. one by doing this and like and there's he felt like i mean almost like a moral responsibility to give back which i think is good yeah but also there's this like just to, to give back in a way to like shape the world in the way that they basically invent modern like philanthropy with like with what he does. And so it's it's interesting.
0: Right. I remember reading an article where he was building libraries for his employees. Um mm-hmm. W- mm-hmm. near where uh was he standard oil? Libraries. It's like my <laughs> no, no, buddy, no, no, our no, buddy thomas yeah no, no. he keeps being the number at, at his job three jobs ago he kept being the number one uh home builder so they kept giving him they would do these company-wide contests and him and his wife kept winning vacations to like cabo and he's like can i just give you the tickets and instead you give me the money because we need money and they're like no <laughs> no 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 oh,
1: okay hey we got like five people on this is great See, good enough uh good enough when you were in high school and you're up late on the old napster what's the music that you are listening to that like you don't you're not hearing on the radio i don't mean that it isn't necessarily popular or pop but something like you're not actively i'm listening to with your friends but it's kind of you're like oh i've discovered this and i like i'm listening to this at night while i'm on the napsters and the ims and the whatnot so there was a band that took uh, gin and juice. I can't oh, yeah. remember their
0: name. Remember them, and they, and they made a country version.
1: And I would listen to that song endlessly. Wait, oh, is it a country version or was it just more like an an acoustic version? An acoustic, I, I guess. You're right. Yeah, because I remember them playing so with P.O.D. On on, LBC, in the L.B.C. Yeah,
0: kind of Harvey and Snoop, Dio Double J, but mm-hmm. I somehow My... or somewhere. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't thought of that song in at least 15 years, and it just all came right back. Uh,
1: the boys are back. I love Dido. Dido. This is No Angel. I'm why. Yeah. Like, the if, when I hear the first oh, yeah. track off of her album, uh, No Angel, I'm immediately transported back to the year 2000. What, what song is that? You know, I don't even remember the name of the song. So you're with her. And not with me. I, oh, so, oh, yeah. That's that was like speaking of the devil. Then I remember that's why I thought of this. Why I thought of this because I had died a one before I uh, hopped on here. Um, see if I can. I, I might be able to play it.
0: I might be able to see if I can do. The it.
1: song is. It's not the thank you song that everyone no. likes. So that's a good song. Can you hear this? No.
0: Ah, curses! Curses! Everyone curses. I gotta figure out how to get this on there.
1: Here with me. Here with me. This was, uh, yeah,
0: that's what I was playing. Is, Theme from Roswell. Mm, this is pure 17 year old Luke right here. If you're 17 year old Luke, now's your chance. Oh, you know what? I can.
1: <gasps> Where's my. Phone? What? Oh. Oh. You see this? Harry, look? you got that crazy look in your eye.
0: <laughs> okay. On my. Okay, we're going to journey over here. You see see this little wire?
1: This mm-hmm. little wire
0: goes onto this phone. I unmute, slide it up. And now, <laughs> Dido, what was the name of the song? Here with me. Let's see if this works. This will be the first time.
1: Yep, yep. Oh yeah. This is taking me back. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can literally see where I am right now. Where are you? I'm at our computer desk. It's right uh, across from my parents' bedroom. In 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 the hallway. It's you know maybe one thirty. I've been home for about an hour, and I'm just chatting with people from high school and stuff. And just I'm sitting there and being like, man, we can make a, our own AOL web page.
0: <laughs> Updating my bio.
1: Because I am what I am.
0: You're updating your bio. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rebecca says, I only know Stan, LOL. And that's like most people's uh,
1: knowledge yeah. of, of Dido. Well, right? I mean, most Americans, she's kind of a monolithic oh. individual out in the UK, but you know, whatever. She's awesome. I love her I d- voice. Yeah, you're you're never going to hear a Dido song that, that you're not going to like. Famous last words from a guy who's only heard her one album from 1999. Yeah. She, Rebecca says, Canadian? Oh cuz Rebecca's Canadian.
0: Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay.
1: Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. North American people. And Eddie <laughs> went to uh these are all of our patrons were in the chat. Eddie went to uh went to university with Dido's cousin. So But that's
0: the name that he chose. That's so in in, in Riverside, the the thing in bold is your name. So he put as oh. his name, <laughs> I went to university <laughs> with Dido's cousin. And then his comment was Eddie
1: <laughs> oh, I, that, that's awesome yeah whoops that's awesome and I can tell okay so Eddie where are you because the way you said university there I'm like you're in the UK where in the UK are you I'm always curious about this and have you been watching a lot of Premier League games today because some big stuff happened some big stuff ha- um, happened today the old US team is in a good spot because Brendan Aronson had a great goal oh he's he's English but he lives in Canada now boo um, just kidding we love our Jeff, Jeff. Canadian friends.
0: Yeah, my son Noah, uh, as we're pulling up from getting haircuts at Tune Up the Manly Salon, Noah says to me, Dad, what do we do when we get home? I said, I don't know. We got some stuff to clean. And he goes, um, could like maybe we watch soccer instead? <laughs> I was like, why? He was playing. And he just rattled off all the English Premier League games. He's like, I really want to see. Let me see if I can remember it. Everton versus Chelsea. They're playing right now. That, that, I, that sounds about right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> sports him. is boring. Go back to eugenics. <laughs> but it's so uh, funny because I, I took Noah and Thomas, my dad and my brother, I should say, took us to go see the Houston Dynamos play. And look at we you. loved it so much. It was fun. And then um, I'm watching my son play FIFA this morning while my wife is going to Ikea and I was doing yard work and stuff. So I came inside and uh, <laughs> I'm looking at my son and I'm like. Or I'm looking at the TV my son's playing. And I'm like, I think I'm falling in love with soccer. This is awesome. Oh,
1: so, Joe,
0: uh, yes. I'm going to yes. buy I'm I'm already getting yes. tickets. So I, so right now my son was like, so, Dad, do you know when the uh, Dynamos are playing at home again? And I go, yes, I do. It's on April, uh, August 13th and August 31st. <laughs> He's like, how do you know that? I'm like, yeah, I've looked up for tickets. So uh, the L.A. Football Club is playing on the 13th and someone else is playing on the uh um, LaFC, uh, actually, if you can
1: go, go to the LaFC, that, that's a big deal. Mm. So the yeah, guy it just looks gonna, like
0: so fun. It was so the, fun being in that stadium. I'd never been, and it's
1: a great atmosphere. It's a great atmosphere. Uh, the guy I talked about last week, the guy who's on Wales, who's very very good, uh, he's on LaFC. Mm. 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 So interesting. There you go. Yeah, just uh, interesting. Oh you know, man, Gilmer, my, my, I'm playing chess, not checkers, and it's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> So, I have an idea for a um a segment that we're never gonna we're never gonna follow up on uh I think I want to called uh help Luke accept a virtue or something or something like that I don't know okay uh and I want to do temperance okay, and here's why because sometimes I get a little bit worried that true temperance just seems very, very boring to all of us, yeah. And that makes me sad about myself because I'm like, am I just this much of like a screw up that real temperance is like, no, thank you.
0: So do you want to give the good folks a working definition of temperance?
1: Uh, I was hoping you could do that.
0: Oh, I would love to. (laughs) (laughs) Temperance is the moral virtue that moderates the attraction of pleasures and provides balance in the use of creative goods. It ensures the will's mastery over instincts and keeps desires within the limits of what is honorable. The tempered person directs the sensitive appetites towards what is good and maintains a healthy discretion. Quote, do not follow your inclination and strength, walking according to the desires of your heart, which comes from properly." five two, Temperance is often praised in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it is called moderation or sobriety. We ought to live sober, upright, and godly lives in the world. Mm. And then here's a sick quote that flows from it. To live well is nothing other than to love God with all one's heart, with all one's soul, and with all one's efforts. From this, it comes about that love is kept whole and uncorrupted through temperance. No misfortune can disturb it, and this is fortitude. It obeys only God and this is justice and it is careful mm-hmm. and discerning things. So as not to be uh,
1: surprised by deceit or trickery.
0: And this is prudence.
1: So, good old. I lying down in, I like that. I'm lying down in the bed and trying to get, get comfortable while podcasting. It's not a good fit.
0: No, it's not. And uh, it just shows how intemperate you are. No, I'm just kidding. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I, I think here's why I wanted to bring this up because I think th- to me, it ultimately comes down to a properly ordered um, life when it, when it, relates to things that are you know um good and enjoyable because there's a phenomenal podcast called uh oh, I'm phenomenal we've had him on the show before uh with with um father dave Pavanka and bob rice they that yeah. hope yeah and anytime i need anytime i need an old stupid little buzz i just inject that right into my veins <laughs> and uh, I'm like that's it, okay, enough, <laughs> so no I'm just kidding, <laughs> but uh, uh that's enough
0: soon uh-uh. they're like,
1: okay, I got it, I'm good for the next two years uh there's this quote that that father uh David that I thought was great in terms of like how the friars and how they drink how they drink alcohol it's like one always two sometimes um, three, never, and I was like, Oh, no, thank you, but I actually really like that idea, and as I'm getting older now. Uh, especially with kids. And I think there's a certain extent where it's just like certain things just become exhausting after a while. And I'm starting to wonder, like, does temperance actually look way different than what I actually think it does? Okay. So um, I'm going to, leave this person's name blank because I don't know if they'd be okay with me telling the story, but I mean, it's pretty obvious who it is. A person I know who was a, a novice one time in a convent uh, had to uh, not drink diet. Co- they they like couldn't have like pop or anything like that. Uh, and they're only allowed it like on Sunday. So she had like, she was all, allowed one diet Coke and She was telling me how she told her brother, like, like how she was able to have a Diet Coke and how enjoyable that was. And he was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) like, (laughs) uh, yeah, that's real nice. But like, but she was saying that how, you know, if you don't ever have it, the one that you're able to have is just so enjoyable. Yeah. And then when you have like a plethora of it, it just becomes this thing. And it's just like, there's nothing in my life that's really like that. Mm. Like, is that actually, I know this is a little bit of an extreme example in the sense of that, that's someone who's at a convent, you're, you're living a consecrated life, like your life is intentionally meant to be very, very different. I just wonder if our view of, if my, uh, my view of temperance is still all about like, how it can benefit me, as opposed to what's actually good for um God, the church, my own family, the people around me like is it actually better for the world if I r- really try to understand that temperance might actually be much more extreme than what i than what how I view it because we're just in a culture that just consumes and consumes and consumes. like that's all you're meant to do is just consume yeah well it's 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 either to produce or to or to consume as much as you can. So there's no, like, temperance on, on, like, either end. There's a line from Dr. Peter Craved in his book, Back to Virtues, where he
0: says to his class, like, you know, what would it look like if we all truly lived the virtues? And if we had a, and the way he called temperance was to his, you know, secular class was like a Buddhist level of detachment from things. And they could, like, visualize that really easily. And then they said, but what would happen to the economy? It would fall. And the students were like, then let it fall. But you got to think about it. the inverse of that is our econ- we have entire economies that are predicated on overindulgence, right? Like, and the, the whole idea around these th- <laughs> the whole idea around... The ravenous consumption of booze, of drugs, of hyper palatable food, all the palpable food, whatever. Um, it all is, the, I mean, like these people, like I have a friend who's a food scientist, right? And she's like, my whole job is to make this one thing you eat the most incredibly tasting thing you've ever had so that it can then be shrink wrapped, put in a shrink wrapped in plastic, put in a box and sold on a store shelf. So they load it with sugar. Like there's not a lot of basic things that they can do, but they, they do a whole bunch of stuff to one, you know, your preservatives to preserve shelf life and all that stuff. But for her, it's like, this thing has to become addictive to beat our, our competitors. Right. You know, that's how little Debbie becomes big Deborah, right? Like it, it it owns you. Right. And it owns Big Deborah and uh, it owns you, right? And that's by design, yeah. and so that's why <laughs> you, know, you you have this stuff. That one of the many reasons why it is so difficult party. <laughs> to be temperate or moderate in your in consumption of things in general. The bigger, like cultural thing is everything is designed to be overindulged in, and if we don't, we think about it because it's it, you know they're affecting our gut biome and our mind and all this stuff. But like to break free of it, you almost have to have a Buddhist or monastic approach in order to actually find these simple pleasures, right? Or you got to go on a radical diet like a whole thirty. How many times have you heard people who went on whole thirty mm-hmm. and they're like, at the end of it, like I had a beer for the first time in thirty days and it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. So beer goes from how I get through the day <laughs> to incredible.
1: I, I yeah, I've I've just been I'm thinking about it because I I. There's a there's part of me that I saw. Well, let me, let me just back up a bit. I saw a post by JD Flynn that was really interesting. He basically was, was talking about how someone on Twitter had a thing that said, uh, "I want men who can cry, who can blah blah blah, who can you know." It, it sounded like people who are very intense is what this guy was. I'm talking about. And JD offered a kind of a good counter narrative to that, just saying, "I want like a boring life." I think that's actually we need a little bit more of that. Yeah. I'm actually inclined to. Like, it's, it's, you know, his whole point was like, you know, I'm I'm going to come home from work. I'm going to like fix this thing and hang out with my kids and have dinner and then go to bed. And then I'm going to repeat that t- tomorrow. You might think that's boring, but the world probably needs a little bit more of this of just people who are just at home, the other family, they're hanging out, they're just doing their own thing. And I, and I think for me, there's a little bit of a challenge with that because uh, there's I just boring for me is like really difficult to navigate and i honestly think i i hate to say this because i feel like it's just overused and overset and i i don't know i don't know if you want to go down this road but i do think is part of it that's kind of like an adhd thing or in the sense that it's just like i just boring is the worst thing in the world for me in that context it just is like if i'm bored out of my mind it's just a disaster for all for all involved and so I don't necessarily think that's what JD is. I think he's talking about things that the world finds unboring as opposed to like actually being boring. So I, I think I need to keep that in mind. But I think there's this fear for me that temperance will lead to like what? To boredom. or to, and, and that's, I mean, that's genuinely hard for me to navigate. Like the worst parts of myself come out when I'm bored. And I think there's honestly this fear of of that. Some and I'm I'm not trying to like I'm probably am trying to say like here's my excuse for not wanting to be as temperate as as I should. I guess what I'm wondering is where what does being more temperate in my life now, you know, approaching the age of forty, what does that actually look like? Because it's not booze for me. It's not like you know. It's, it's, I think it's almost more like, am I watching too many moves? Am I listening to too many, but like, am I, is my life built in a way where I actually am able to indulge more in things than perhaps I really should than what's good for me? Like, is my commute too long? You know, like, so if I'm driving for 45 minutes every day and I'm listening to podcasts and audiobooks because I'm going to go crazy if I don't, is that actually bad for me? Because I'm not—I mean, like I'm—I'm I'm listening to the audiobooks, but I'm still like, would it be more temperate to either like to like live to um live closer to work and be able to spend my time on things that are not—I don't mean I'm necessarily more productive, but good. That are me being entertained, like like you saying, like out that time I could be spending you know preparing i um, preparing like a special um dinner or doing work in the yard or just playing with everly things that can at times you know honestly like as much as I love everly and being a dad it' can be pretty boring at times because you're just like up sitting there and you're just like, oh my gosh, there's something entertaining, you know, but it's like I, I need to be here i need, and i i just um, I wonder that like my under- i get a little bit worried that that the actual experience of that is way different than what like I think it is and I'm wondering what's holding me back from from that do you ever think it's become a part of your
0: identity or mask that you wear that you're always the fun one the life of the party the guy with the jokes and the loud stories that it just needs to be a part of your personality like I, I have a friend who was a musician and he smoked weed all the time, and he would tell his dad. His dad found out, and his dad's like, "Come on, man! You're you know you're in your 20s. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but knock this crap off." He's like, "No, man! I'm a better drummer with it. I'm a better drummer. I'm a better this. I'm a better that." And it all went into the ethos of of who a rocker musician was. Then he met a girl, and the girl's like, "Listen, I love you." Knock this crap off right now! I'm not going to be married to someone who's a freaking pothead, and all this stuff. And so he did. He stopped it, and he had another job. But at the time, Rockstar was uh, was definitely a contender for his career. And he stopped all that, and he stopped it, and immediately he wrote, he called his dad, and he's like, "Okay, here's the deal. Uh, you're right." I'm actually a much better drummer when I'm not high. I'm all this stuff. It was just a part of my identity. And I could. so for him, it was like he was cutting off a hand, you know, until he realized, like, on the other side of temperance in this case, that, well, actually, he'd been only playing with half a hand the whole time, right? It's one of those things where you think you can't live without these constant rush of pleasures, and then you go without them, and you get over that initial withdrawal, boredom, whatever. Like the other day, um, I'm not drinking anything other than water and coffee. And the other day I was like, I ju- I will murder someone for something other than a Topo Chico. I will literally kill someone, right? <laughs> you know, and it's like, this is the end of the world. And it's not, but I'm, I'm out of control. Like I'm out of control with that on stupid stuff, but I'm, you know, it doesn't have to be booze or whatever, but I'm out of control and I'm letting my desires dictate my day and that's where it becomes, it's not like yeah you want these things or you want to be entertained or you you have a uh you know there are some people who love watching movies and some people who who literally hate to watch movies i have met several people i don't get them but when it becomes your default for everything that's where i think it becomes your desire like if you just think of temperance as your desires or these goods kind of dictate your will to you they dictate how you play like think about this they dictate the context wherein you play with everly like okay we're gonna do this on the floor we're gonna do this with a puzzle we're gonna do this with a book and then daddy's gonna watch some youtube while i bounce you on my knee you know or you know what i mean like these things then become the context which we do our day and that's where i think we need to pump the brakes
1: yeah i um I think for me I'm not sure it's so much the personality part although I think that might be part of it. I think it's more of of I really enjoy culture and um I mean who doesn't? But like like what I mean by that is that's that's so vague, Luke. Um <laughs> I really enjoy
0: electricity
1: <laughs> uh, oh my gosh i almost texted matt Frab, when i was driving i, I was i was, i was listening to his podcast and i heard him like he was at some guy's house where they like had like no no electricity or running water and they oh like yeah used almost sawdust as a tool and he was like i kind of love it i'm like okay this is just you i was like this is so you you're just going down this rabbit <laughs> hole because it just sounds way better than than like normal life <laughs> it yep, a miserable yep. experience let's really think about this <laughs> Yeah, and then
0: what did he say? His his wife then was like, "You would like that for like four minutes, yeah. and then you'd be miserable." Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I was like, "Oh, but it was it was just so just." I was like, "Oh boy, do I miss you." That's so you. Um, and I and I I think there's a there's just I would have loved it if you texted him because it's August. Oh, is he not on the? Is that is he still doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I okay. Well, how do I put this? I think there's. I really started owning this when I was in Eureka and in Idaho, where I wanted to just indulge. I don't know if indulge is the right word. I wanted to own the things that I really liked. I wanted to give myself permission to, it's not that I, it's not not that I, that I wasn't doing that before, but I think there was this thing where I was starting to kind of branch out or branch away from, you know, college early twenties where it's just, um, most of the things that I was enjoying or that or things that I would partake in from a cultural standpoint um, were um, not that it was the popular stuff, but I, I tended to be a little bit more in line with just like where the culture was at that at that point in time. And I gave myself permission to kind of just enjoy what I liked. And to go down just different routes, I, I, th- I think it was more just like allowing my taste in things to change. That's a much better way to put it. Um, I, sorry, this is gonna be the weirdest editing job ever. I just, I, I, I stopped. I like culture, taste, and things have changed. Well, I, I just, you know, like I stopped it, caring it. about like um Christian music as much, or even just like music in general. Oh, yeah. I, st- I got more into more into stand up. I was watching older um, movies. Like I was really, I, I wanted to focus more on quality as opposed to. Um, things that were interesting at that point in time, you, you know, and I, and I, and I wanted to allow my, I, I wanted to, I wanted to allow my, the, the culture stuff that I was diving into. I wanted to allow uh, what I found to be both good and interesting dictate that as opposed to what was good and popular. Mm. And it's not that I went with stuff because it was popular, but it was that the stuff that I was exposed to for the most part, was the popular stuff in whatever context i was in so even yeah, if it's some obscure yeah, yeah. christian rock band in this yeah. thing it's the popular thing so it's like well i gotta go um, go go check that out and instead i would go and just watch things because i heard it like it didn't matter how many people were talking about it in fact i i was much more inclined to go and find things that people would just talk about on a podcast then and, and that was it i didn't have to hear about it from from anyone else or anything else and kind of find these little like diamonds in the rough kind of things that were just like again more about more about the quality of it and it was really enjoyable and i really and i just you know i it was really fun to be able to like these little obscure things that just um and kind of like let go of just like whatever the culture I was enjoying and just allow. Um, just trying to discover like new stuff. And I think over time that just became my de facto, like that's just what I did all, all the time. And so there was this point, I think I, and I think I've started to hit this point where I'm just like, okay, I don't really know if anything that I'm like consuming is actually adding value to my life anymore. (laughs) Like, it just feels like I'm just doing it because this is what I've always done. I'm listening to tons of soccer podcasts. And I I I am excited about the World Cup, but it's just like, you know, if you were look at my podcast feed, it's just like, it's uh, it's it's the big picture. It is total soccer show, and it is the Ringerverse, and the occasional oh, and um, like fly. It's it, it's all like pop culture stuff. It's it's just, and I'm like, what is this actually? And it's good for a bit, and then I kind of get bored, and I'm and there's a yeah. just like. I need to be more temperate with this. See, I would say that 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 describes the
0: intemperate man. (laughs) See, you describe the intemperate. You are the intemperate man, Luke. Uh, Well, (laughs) of course. But it's like I had this thing. I like this thing. Now my whole life is going to be this thing. Like I'm going to listen. The only podcast I listen to are going to be this. And then this thing doesn't work anymore. Right. Like I'm getting bored of it. That's, that's not bored. That's exhaustion. Right. Like you've, you've you've listened to every angle you've heard every expert, but also I would say where, where is the outlet with this with you? Like things, let let me put it this way. Uh, things can be an indulgence, but it's not life-giving. If it's a hobby, it can be honestly life-giving. See, I think that's one of the problems is we have a lot of things, you know, and and you even brought it up last week as the show, right? The gimmick of all these streaming services and we've never had such good content and no one's watching it anymore. And it's like, I mean, Apple TV is producing some of the most incredible shows that I never watch even though I pay for it because who has time? Who has time, right? But when it's just a million different things and it's not becoming a hobby, like, I want woodworking to become a hobby. Like, it's something that I do every week. It's something that I'm working on. It's something that becomes a part of me. So we're emptying out my garage and we're trying to redo things so that it can actually be something useful, right? But then what I find is, um, and for me, I don't know what it is for you, but for me, it's like fear of failure, looking like a jackass feeling like an idiot, I would say is probably the number one thing. Mm -hmm. I don't do Mm -hmm. any, I don't even take the first steps towards it because I know I'm going to F it up like I did last time. Right. So there's like this fear of me looking like an idiot. And part of my personality is, Oh, Gomer, he's so bookish and well-read and he Mm -hmm. does this stuff, but physical labor (laughs) (laughs) manual things is where I fail. And so Anything woodworking, anything like I've realized the exact same attitudes I have about like fitness and working out and, and starting strength, right? Like I've read the book, I've listened to the podcast, I want to do it. And I get, I even went down to the gym, which is an hour away from me. I met the owner. He walked me through what they do. He walked me through everything, set aside the money. And then I was going to go on vacation. And so he's like, doesn't make sense to start now we'll do your initial physical assessment yeah. uh, as how you can do weightlifting. And then I'm just like, no, like I was debating how I or, d- Okay. So it's not my strong suit. So I'm freaking out about it. So the whole drive for an hour, I'm like, hi, my name's Michael. i like, this, this is what I'd, and like, I'm like. It's like a blind date and I'm rehearsing how to talk to the owner of this gym about how out of shape I am and all this stuff. This is my supreme uncomfortable zone. And because I don't want to do it, it becomes I've realized the consuming of the podcast, the doing of this and that. it's becoming an indulgence. It's just a thing that I can speak intelligibly about about maybe if the topic ever comes up, you know, and it's the same with woodworking, like me and my kids watched a twenty minute show today on where to get the best wood hardwood for furniture making. I've never made furniture. <laughs> but I know where the best place to go for it is. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it ha- so if you're going to do this with soccer, then it has to have an outlet that is good and healthy and productive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think that's where I think it shifts from indulgence, distraction. You know, th- th- that's another thing. How do you know it's intemperate or immoderate? Yeah, it becomes a distraction from the real things.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's funny when, when you put it that way. I think when I when I think of like what is What's the outlet for it? Where does where does it actually add value to my life? It's when I'm watching games with other people. Yeah, it's when I'm going to the bar down in I'm nine, I'm hanging out with like uh, with uh, um, Zach and Anthony, who are both i um, the supporters over on Patreon.com/slash CF. That's Patreon.com/slash i the slash CF. Or, or I'm watching it with Aaron. Or with my sister, and we I'm able to explain what's what's going on and what's happening. Or having a it's it's just a way to bring you closer with other people, and it's just a fun thing to talk about. And then you're watching it with other fans, and especially when it's, when it is a U.S. game, it's just so. I mean, this is true with really any team, but especially, but per, per, particularly with, with this across the country, everyone's a supporter of it. You know, very yeah. few people are like, I don't like this. Like, cause it's just, it's just kind of speaks with a core thing of who all of us are, which is, you know, um, our nationality. And it's, and I, I think when I don't have that, I do wonder if like the podcast and those other things becomes too much. Because mm. it's just, it's all about myself and it's not about, a, I'm not enjoying this with anyone. Yeah. And then also, I think one of the things that's been a challenge for, for me is I, I know like. One thing that I've been doing is just like really um, trying to understand a- ADHD a little bit um, better and view it as a thing. You know, you almost have to uh, – I think it's Dr. Russell Barkley who says it's a, you have to view it as something like diabetes. It's not a thing that can be cured. It's a thing that you just have to manage every day. And it's it's manageable, but you just have to view it like like that. And I saw this one thing where a person was just like, I found a lot of freedom when I allowed myself the ability to go through, you know, four different – productivity things per year because that's just worked better for my brain because if I get too bored with one it actually makes things worse and they found that when I just allowed myself to okay so I'm done with this now I'm gonna you know do I'm gonna go um or like GTD and then when I'm kind of like it just it actually helped them work better and to be okay with that with that part of themselves and it's a little bit challenging for me because I think that there's this thing, especially from like a from a Christian point of view where it's like stick with one thing, really build, um, build roots, build like build virtue. This is good. But it's like, what if your brain doesn't actually work that way? Yeah. Like, what if you actually can't? Now, I, I'm not talking about immoral things. I'm, I'm talking about things yeah, that are yeah. amoral, obviously. I think some of this is with – I think that's why temperance can be a little bit hard because the ADHD brain will tend to want to just go all in and just be all about it all the time. But there are ways that you can regulate that if you're, like, working on it every day. And I think for me, part yeah. of that is just – I think you're I, – I, I I really love how you said, like, what is this actually – where is the outlet for this? Like, I want to do some stuff in in our basement. And I could see it becoming Luke's new obsession. But the whole point is to do it for Everly, for Aaron, for people who are coming to our house. Yeah. And so I think like, oh, like, it's going to sound weird, but I actually feel like the more temperate thing in my case were to be like, to allow that new obsession to take place in a properly ordered way. <laughs> you're so proud of yourself with your camera, whatever you're doing right now. I have, so a desk. <laughs> I have a standing desk. Oh, sorry. Desk. But like, I know this This could be done, and we, we may have like just beaten a dead, a dead horse here, but for me, I'm starting to wonder if it's actually more temperate to kind of almost build up like a new obsession, but with what you're saying, that is actually beneficial to other uh, other people.
0: Yeah, or have have some outlet with it. Oh Yeah. Right? Sorry. Like, sorry.
1: That's much better. Sorry. What does it matter? Outlet. What does
0: it matter that you know everything about the coat? Like this is one of the things that pulled me away from certain stuff, like my obsession with Game of Thrones. Someone made the comment, you can tell me the entire history of Westeros, but you don't know about American history. And I'm like, Um, bitch, I know both. (laughs) 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 Or Texas history. Yikes. Um, Yeah. So the racism. All lot of racism. (laughs) But the idea of it is like there's there's something vapid about this type of cultural stuff. And this is the argument that I think expand to and from every single thing we've talked about on this show, which is essentially like, here's this modern culture stuff. We love this stuff. We love Marvel. We love all this. And it's like, yeah, but it's not like I have superhero fatigue. I think they've explored this to death and it's kind of dumb now. And the things that they're doing, like, it's not like, I just watched the new Spider-Man movies with my, or Spider-Man movie with my kiddos, um, no way home, whatever it's called. And, uh, the one where the other Spider-Man come in. And, uh, you, you know, like half the, halfway through, my daughter's like, good Lord, could they cut half an hour out of this? We get it. He's Spider-Man.
1: She has thoughts on editing. And it's I was like, amazing.
0: <laughs> I know. And I was like, that is literally how I feel right now. And my, my 12-year-old feels that way. And I was just thinking how funny it is that, um, like, the culture itself, there's an element of, vapidness to it even though you like it and you can indulge in it you know like uh, the superhero movies like Scorsese said can be a form of like uh what do you say the roller
1: coaster ride and amusement amusement park park. yeah
0: yeah and and it kind of is and it's kind of the point of of movies even his movies like even his like even the most important cinema of all time you know you're there there's elements where it like is meaningful to you and it and it does things to you but at the same time, like the nature of it is a chasing after the wind. Like I, I, there's nothing permanent except people. And it becomes very easy for us to miss people because we're busy consuming. Like it's so easy to consume. And and I know it is for me. Like I wrestle with this in a, in a very big way with my like the jokes that we watch youtube like youtube is a huge blessing for my family now that i have youtube premium and there's no commercials i get to select the exact type of entertainment i want to watch and i will watch with my kids like we on saturday morning they don't watch saturday morning cartoons they watch mariah elizabeth dr de mayo de mayo, whatever uh we watch like a woodworking thing we watch d last night we watched diy wife new episode came out she painted some uh Kitchen cabinets, it was lovely. Um, but, like, these are things that are wholesome, that they're good, that they're whatever. But still, if I didn't, if my kids didn't watch any of that, their lives would not be worse. You know? And that's where I started to realize, like, if I never watched Game of Thrones, my life would still be my life. Even though I loved seasons one through whatever, like, my life isn't better for it. I'm not a better person. in And, and I think there's... And don't, I'm painting with a really broad brush, but I mean by like, G.K. Chesterton one time said, it's the oldest things that ought to be taught to the youngest children. And I think about that the more, like, here I am, a guy who has never grabbed a, a sword and fought in a battle in ancient Greece. Like, when I read. Our new obsession. Right. When I, yeah. uh, well, Luke, I've started LARPing. <laughs> uh, but when I, when I read Homer, it still speaks to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. there's something about why these things stay. Yep. And that's where I think like in terms of podcast consumption, I really do feel like things like the art of manliness and uh, Dr. Jennifer phrase. Um, oh, what is her podcast? Oh gosh, this is killing me. I was just talking about it yesterday. I think they they might be the most important podcasts because they're not about the moment. They're about what matters. I'm going to have to pull this up. Oh, that's a great quote. They're not anyway. about the moment about what matters. Yeah uh sacred and profane love sacred and profane love that's the podcast
1: i I agree with you she said she'd come on the show oh nice that's cool i'm gonna push back against one idea though please do game of thrones (laughs) uh (laughs) gosh (laughs) this is what it's come to after seven years uh for me the ultimate joy was like you and me talking about all the, all, all of the theories and, t- and talking with my buddies who I watched it with. And like the t- tiny little community we had because of that. Now we were friends out- outside of this, obviously it's our um, shared faith yeah. and other things that are actually the yeah. like basis of that community. This is just like the outside stuff that we, you could take it or you, or you could leave. It. But I think that's the outlet for it. And, and I think, a moderate amount of that is good like i love the fact that there was a thing for like once a week for you know two or three months i got together with like a couple dudes and we watched the show and we talk about it and i listened to a couple podcasts same
0: with fantasy football
1: yeah yeah like yeah yeah that was
0: one of those things that i did not understand i hated i resisted then i went to buffalo wild wings and picked my team and i had to do all this study and research beforehand so i didn't look like a total idiot And then we all logged into Yahoo with our laptops there and we all were picking our team and doing the rounds and all that stuff. And I was like, this is, it becomes a context by which I can have life with other people, Mm -hmm. meaningful Mm -hmm. conversations. You know, it's like the importance of small talk. You know, this guy called me up. We talked for five minutes with small talk. Then we got down to business. Small talk is not something stupid that we should dismiss. It becomes a, a common ground that we're building so that other things can happen. And We need small talk to be about not important things, which is why I think sports, you know, you know, whatever, whether you're talking about FIFA or NFL or whatever, or Game of Thrones, like these entertainment, I think they have a cultural place. I don't want to just dismiss it entirely, but the level that the cultural place occupies the mental and emotional space in my life, or just the temporal space in my life, like I am now committed to watching a whole season at a time so I can detect the patterns and predict next season and have a, you know, like all this stuff. It's like, okay, maybe I'm going a little too far. Well,
1: And, and, and that's where I think, like, this, this is actually why I wanted to be able to have this conversation because I think this is very interesting. I think the bulk of your Catholic podcasts, when they would talk about this, I, mean, I could be totally wrong, or when Catholic people discuss this, they'll talk about it in terms of the, how much time you spend doing that. Yeah, and almost exclusively. And there's a value to that. that that's true. Yeah. And I, I do not want to discount that. But I'm talking more about when you do have the time and what you're doing with, yeah. you know, like, like when yeah. I'm in my car, what am I doing? Like, what am I listening to? Like what's, And I love how you said if there's an outlet for it, there can be value with that. And, when, and I think one of the things that's very tough in modern American culture is it's not just mm. the MCU it's the MCU now in the context of every other f- film in the MCU. It's all the articles. It's all the podcast. It's how it relates to the films that they bought, all the rights, all the rights, all of the Fox stuff. It's having to know all of these things and the entire con. It's, it's, it's actually when you're committed to being an MCU fan, it becomes all consuming, which yeah. isn't necessarily bad. Like that's, I mean, people do I mean, this with, they do it with like Tolkien. But I think one of the problems of it can be, like, what if it actually isn't really – what if there's just not that much there? You know, and, and that's – So I think of our – yeah, okay. No, 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 go, on, go on. On. But I you, that's, that's one of the things I do like about the show, Binge Mode, even though it's very obscene at times. Um, they really find, like, the truth of these stories, and they're exploring it in ways that then will challenge me to think of evil and, and, and of death and of what it means to be good. And to keep fighting to always be I'm um, fighting evil and even it's not about you you're you're never gonna eradicate it, you're always going to just be keeping it at bay, but that's the point. And like there's so like that's such a like that that adds tremendous I think I mean I think about this stuff now when I think about my life, or even when I think about when I'm when I'm I'm reading when I'm reading when I'm reading scripture, I see how these truths that come out in the story is you know, it's like a reflection of like God's word or of like church teaching or other things like that. But it, um, it's just it's. I find it very hard to like. It's this constant like individual battle you have to do on your own, as opposed to like the, what the culture um norm is. Because I think the cultural norm is to just be completely obsessed now, because everything's a niche.
0: Now I would contrast some of this stuff with you know, like you were talking about with um. Like people can do it with Tolkien. Here's a version. This is what I wanted to get uh, to Middle Earth and back again from. Oh, our yeah, 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 I'm thinking about, yeah. about, about um, her. So ball. you go to T with, is, uh, tea with tea, com. T with Tolkien. And I put it in the show notes. Great stuff. Um, she's great awesome. Stuff. She was a friend of the show. Um, she has a lot of great Until we yeah. made her mad. But then she wrote back saying that she's back. <laughs> and then she was unmad. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You're such a nice person. We're so evil. Anywho, yeah. So, but so
0: this is her obsession with Tolkien that has a positive outlet. She's she wrote a beautiful, yeah. thoughtful yeah. book that you can sit down and read. She produces, uh, you know, tea with Tolkien and the reading groups and all this stuff. The Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings, the Silmarillion. Um, these are things that I think like that's a healthy outlet. Like right now. Um, my next thing that I that I actually want to binge is books by G.K. Chesterton. And I want to binge them because I want to be able – did I tell you about the G.K. Chesterton talk I had to give?
1: Oh, and you were like, I actually don't know anything about him or something. I, I, I don't remember. <laughs>
0: well, like I've read two or th- – yeah. I've read three of his books. I've read about him. I've heard
1: Father Terry's homilies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so there was one occasional Scott Hahn quote, (laughs) good enough for a
0: podcast, good enough for a podcast, not good enough for an hour long talk (laughs) followed by live (laughs) Q (laughs) and a, and so the best part is they're like, um, we're so excited to have Michael Gormley here with us. Um, you know, last month, our speaker series, we were able to fly in Dr. So-and-so from Uh, from Cambridge on C.S. Lewis. And I'm like, Dr. What with the what? You flew him in? (laughs) I'm like, oh gosh. And then she's like, yes. And then the month before, we had Dr. So-and-so from... So I asked like, we ran out of money for plane tickets. So is there anyone local who's a Chesterton expert? And Michael Gormley said he was. And I'm like, what have I done? What have I failed to do? It's almost like PhDs have a purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Turns out, turns out I will say, though, as Rebecca's commenting about all the ADHD things, hyperfixation for the win, because I, (laughs) on 2.5 speed, went through Everlasting Man, which arguably is his most important book. I would say Everlasting Man, Orthodoxy, okay, whatever, Um, and then, because on Audible... They have a handful of free books, so I was listening to that. But also, they had a biography that was free. Apparently, it's not selling well, so I got it. Perfect timeline. Did the first two chapters. I picked a random chapter in the middle, then did the last two chapters. That was enough for a life story. The very first question, the guy's like, what are the historical circumstances, and what was he thinking, him and his wife, at his time of conversion to Catholicism? And I just went, I don't know, sir. (laughs) but Because I didn't. Um, But I didn't like reading Chesterton all that much. That's why I didn't because he's a very difficult reader to get. And he's very fussy. Right. And if you quotes are great, but the yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like I I have a thousand quotes from him, but until you actually understand what paradox is as a literary style, you're not going to like him at all. And if you don't have any background about who he's talking to in his books or who he's addressing or the historical things, it becomes a lot harder to get your footholds on it. So, um, so there's be times like I'll start a chest a book and I'm like, I freaking give up. Um, now I would say exceptions to that are the St. Francis of Assisi book and the St. Thomas Aquinas book. I think he just absolutely crushes those and anyone could pick them up at any time. But, um, orthodoxy which a lot of people very beginning the maniac people can't handle that uh drives them insane cuts them off um but anywho i say all this because i wanted an outlet and now that i've done that and i'm like okay i understand this chris miller you know my my best friend my friend chris Miller. oh nice yeah yeah he uh his kids or one of his sons goes to the gk chesterton school in denver Right. Like, that's awesome that these schools are starting. Uh, what's his name? Um, Brandon Vaught is helping to launch a Chesterton school in Florida. And, you know, it's classical education and stuff like that. But I'm just like, you know, there's something here that I'm not really understanding and I want to be able to go deeper in. So I think it's healthy if I'm if every time I'm in the car, the audiobooks that I'm doing are for that purpose right? Because I want it to have a healthy outlet. I want to be more informed on Chesterton, right? The Chesterton Society actually invited me out to give a talk last year or a couple years ago, COVID. But like, I would love to be at that level where I can talk about him at that, you know, at that level. I think for certain like Americans who don't like uh, GK Chesterton, I think like Fulton Sheen, he's written a lot of stuff that's super accessible, greatly spiritual. Like, and, but <laughs> as bishop baron says a lot of sheen stuff is just differently worded chesterton right so if you take that um you can like just say okay i'm going to devote to this thing this one thing because i think it needs to bear fruit in other parts of my life
1: yeah i um i, I think it, i just want to go back real quick i, I want to affirm what you're saying and add to it uh I was on tea with Tolkien's page the other day and I saw she had like a Hobbit party. And I was like, that just looks wonderful. <laughs> that's and awful. I, I think when, when you are really able to understand, when you're able to understand a thing like that and you're able to almost share that with others, it's a, it's a, it's, um, and I, I don't mean being heard. I, I yeah, think that's yeah. kind of, I think. A lot of times that's how, especially now you want to interpret that. So now I can be paid to be, I'm not, I mean, this is what you were kind of, I'm saying, but I think you actually are a speaker who's good. Unlike everyone else who wants that. Um, They like, it's when you're able to hear a person out and they want to hear what you have to say about it and you can add that to it, or you can have a party where you're actually like, doing things for for like others Um, in this context it's like real exciting and it's fun and it's adding value it's one of the reasons why i love the world cup is because it is that moment with other people there is nothing like that it's a very very unique it's a very unique experience and i love i love that it is so it is worthless without other people but i i and i for me, uh, one thing that I I kind of want to get even more into is wine, and I I would say I have a pretty healthy um, wine obsession already. But I love I, we we did this um, at Notre Dame. We had some time on a Sunday. We did a, a wine tasting for a bit with uh, this one girl her um, her husband. They're actually um, out in Houston, and uh, her husband like he knows all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just like so much yeah. fun to do it with a group of like some of my really good friends. And just be able to hang out with them. And I was like, this is exactly, like, what I love about, like, culture and life. Yeah. Is this. Is we have this shared faith. We have this shared mission all together. And there's a thing that we're doing that's, like, just enjoyable. And to do it with them. See, to me,
0: that's what temperance is for. Is to capture those beautiful Mm -hmm. moments of pure joy. Right? Like, and and that's. When you when we keep telling ourselves what will make me happy is going to the, the same comfortable thing that I that I know and just overindulging in it. And I think that's the exact opposite of what temperance says. Temperance says the only way you can experience like transcendent good is if you let this good thing be itself and not be something else for you. Like it becomes like like I'm asking this good to fill a hole in my life mm. emotionally, right? and it's like I can't do that. I'm just a television show, right? Or I'm just a bottle of booze. That's right? so interesting. And but when yeah. when we're temperate, we're allowing that thing to be that thing, right? We're detached from the emotion, you know, and and, and then it could become so much greater than that thing because then it's community sitting down and sharing wine. And, uh, you know, uh, my buddy has, you know, he's a CrossFitter and, um, I said, what are you doing? You guys, you guys got any plans for tonight? And he was like, actually, yeah. Everyone from the CrossFit class is invited to come to like our house, another house and another house. And we're doing a progressive whiskey test sampling. So every house has to buy like two bottles of fancy pants, whiskey, and all the couples are getting together at the one CrossFit gym. Because this one gym, it's it's run by a Christian who really believes in trying to build strong families and strong communities. So the idea is like, what are we going to do outside of, you know, slog and iron? And the idea was, we'll we'll do this thing and we'll have someone teach us what is good whiskey. And then all the whiskey nerds and all the, you know, all the people who love this stuff. They can go and buy the bottles and talk endlessly about it, and then every like the people like my buddy Joey, right at a Deacon Baldy's. We had a show that went nowhere, but it was called Flight Time with Joey because we'd get a flight of beers and he'd be like, "This is why a stout matters," and I'd drink it and be like, "This is gross," and then we would go <laughs> and then stuff. But like towards the end, I could appreciate, I could tell, but every week the different stouts. You know what I mean? Like I could tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's that's yeah. the kind of thing like yeah. there's an outlet there at the very minimum and, and and again non-sinful we weren't getting drunk you know we were taking little flights but that's something that is it's building community it's expressive you get to be a nerd and let other people share in your nerdiness so if you're going to watch soccer watch soccer with people if you're going to watch soccer don't get yeah. wasted mm-hmm. but don't you know
1: like keep uh, make it healthy sometimes it's worth it <laughs> I mean <laughs> if when, you pace yourself when Arsenal's playing. let's pretend if you're drinking from two to like one in the morning. If you have six liquid IVs with you and you're drinking two waters in between each one, you're surprisingly kind of okay the whole time. You're just well hydrated. Not saying I did that. Yeah. No.
0: No. No. But I have receipts. <laughs> uh, no, and I, it was a work expense. I, I, I love, like
1: because <laughs> I, I talk after I have three, I talk nothing about the podcast. Like <laughs> give us money and a beer. No, but like and that's where I think like it. uh and you get like for me if I'm in the car, and I I do think I kind of go back to like, do I want to like, how am I building a life? Does my life allow for these things to happen? The actual like structure, my my commute, my room, like where, like how I live my life. Is this all actually building towards a well ordered, healthy outlets, healthy community, all of all of all of this stuff? Because it does kind of matter. Because I think like when you have a thing where it's like. Well, I'm in the car for like an hour. I might as well just indulge in this. It, it, the, like, no matter what, it does something to you, you know. Even with a good, even with good intentions, it can lead to like, you know, some sort of intemperance. So I think for me, part of it is like what I'm listening to in the in the car for certain things. I think there are. I I think I have to ask myself a a couple questions. One is when is when is enough enough, and then two. Where are the health, healthy outlets for, for this, you know, and if it's not there and if, and if like, you know, um, and I think for one, if it's saying like, well, it's enough right now, then I should be done with it. And then two, if I don't have a healthy outlet then I need to probably cut it out. And I I think there's, I I, I really do think there is nothing wrong with putting down one obsession and picking up another. If it's relatively well ordered. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what we're talking about. And I, I, I think that's where, for me, sometimes things get a little bit lost because it's, like, I feel like it's a killing of obsessions. And I'm like, I don't actually know if that's – I think that might be much harder or actually impossible for a lot of people because, I mean, I, I – or we just have the wrong word for – or we shouldn't be using the word obsession. Because, like, to me, a, like, real obsession would be this is taking priority over, like, feeding my family. That's an that's an obsession, as opposed to like I just really like this thing, and this is what I'm about right right now. Well, what do you think? Is, is have we, oh, sorry, go
0: ahead. I think no, I think I think we I think we have a show, Luke.
1: This is good. I, I actually kind of like this. This is this is interesting. Mm. This added It's it's added value to my life. There's an outlet <laughs> for this, and this is enough. We did it. An hour and ten minutes. Not a lot of editing. <laughs> We did it! All right, everyone. This has been I'm catching foxes for the last time. Who knows how serious were were you before? No, I wasn't
0: serious-ish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Luke is like, if you want, we can.
0: I said, hey, Luke, I, I, you know, whatever. Running a little behind, and Luke's like, well, if you want, we can we can record at a different time, or maybe next week we don't have an ad, and then it's like, or maybe we just end the show. He's like, well, there's that. <laughs>
1: I'm not sure how you're paying your mortgage, but. (laughs) Yeah, I know, gosh. (laughs) Uh, Content, sweet content, Uh. put it
0: in my veins.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just please don't be um, temperate in your love for I'm Catching Foxes. (laughs) Go to um, I'm CatchingFoxes.fm slash merch and patreon.com slash CF.
0: Adios, y'all.